0: The question you should be answering for yourself every time you sit down to do something is, is this the highest and best use of my time? Or ask yourself, do I want to do this again? If the answer is no, then automate it or outsource it. The goal here is to 80-20 your life. In other words, spend 20% of your day building systems to handle what you do with 80% of your day, whether it's through automation or hiring someone to do the work for you. If you keep doing this consistently, you'll find that you've created more time for yourself and your business will become more valuable as a direct result. The goal is to design a system to take the responsibility off of you by creating a standard operating procedure. That's part of what we're going to talk about in this episode, and you'll be able to download my SOP template, so don't worry, I got you covered. But what I want you to think about is you want to focus your energy on the tasks that bring the most leverage to your business. So to help me paint a picture of what a highly leveraged real estate business looks like, I asked Pavel Stepanov, the CEO of VirtuDesk, a virtual assistant company, to walk us through the process of effectively hiring and training your VA for maximum efficiency so you can avoid those sort of nightmare scenarios. They work with a lot of top producing teams and realtors and the pandemic has spiked a surge in the number of agents who have begun outsourcing their to-do list. They specialize in things like administrative assistance, prospecting services, and cold calling, transaction coordination, customer service, marketing, and time blocking. Basically, long story short, they do it all. So remember, at the end of the day, you should be doing $1,000 an hour work, not $5 an hour work. If you're wasting your time doing those $5 tasks you're seriously missing out on bigger opportunities. So take me for example. My superpower is taking complicated marketing and sales strategies and breaking them down into easy-to-understand terms. I can knock out a script or an outline for a presentation, but then I become more efficient as I hire someone to turn those words from an outline into a good-looking keynote presentation or a downloadable guide. This makes me efficient. I focus on creating the work that's within my zone of genius while someone turns my thoughts into a captivating presentation. Anyway, enough of me ranting. I think you get the point. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry and this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers, but it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode. I'm super stoked today because I have Pavel Stepanov from VirtuDesk. And over the next 30 or you know 40 so minutes, this is going to be a masterclass in leveraging your business. So one of the things I always talk about is you need to do what is the highest and best use of your time. You should be structuring your business in such a way that you're doing $1,000 an hour work, not $5 an hour work. And I think that Pavel and the business that he's built for himself is primed to give us kind of some best practices on how to do that and set yourself up for success, but also set yourself up for growth in your business. With that said, Pavel, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got started in your business?
1: Well, thank you, Ricardo, for having me. I appreciate it. Looks like you guys have a nice setup here. Yeah. Well, uh, as you've mentioned, I run a company, VirtuDesk. It's a virtual assistant company. We provide virtual assistance to small and medium-sized businesses, primarily to real estate agents, because, as you know, real estate agents are not <laughs> you know, not really that equipped to, you know, to leverage their business. But we're teaching them to do that. Those who do it, they're usually, uh, you know, 20% of the industry, as you know. Not yep. a lot of them. How I started in the business, i I come from a you know, rather interesting background. You know, I have a law degree. I before I got into the real estate myself, I was actually working in a law firm and that's kinda dragged me into being a real estate agent myself. So when that happened, I, I was looking for ways to leverage my time because as you know, usually it comes from a law firm thinking that when you bill out the hours, the attorney hours is usually uh, $300 an hour. and paralegal <laughs> times is usually 20 bucks an hour. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I doing doing the uh, $10 an hour job where I can actually have somebody else do it for me. That's right. So, yeah. But again, that's basically not a lot of business owners think that way. They think they're going to save money by doing things, doing every- it themselves yeah. Doing everything themselves, which not the correct way of doing it because as you know, Time is money. Time is actually more valuable than money.
0: I, I think so. I just had a baby. My first daughter. Oh, uh, congratulations. My, first one. It's been wild. It's been exciting. What I've learned as I've gotten older is that there are certain things that I don't want to do that I'd rather outsource because I want to spend more time with family or it's just tasks that I don't enjoy doing. No, so absolutely. what I try to do is ask myself two questions. Can I automate it? Can I eliminate it? And if I hate or, or and if the answer is no, then do I hate doing it? Then I, that's something that I want to outsource.
1: That's a good way of doing it. And it's how can you put ROI in a personal time? You know, you can <laughs> seriously. Like you, yeah. you enjoy your time with your baby, with your family. And how are you going to put ROI on that? It's, you know, it's invaluable. Yeah. And then especially with the kids grow and time flies, <laughs> you, cannot, you can never get this time back, you know? Right. And everybody has the same amount of time, and you know, 24 hours in the day. Either you're a poor guy, or a multi-billionaire. You still have the same amount of time. Except the rich people, they figured out the way to <laughs> to outsource to buy back that time. Exactly. Yeah. So, having having said that, this is basically, you know, that's how it works.
0: So, so where do we start? You know, like I said, a, a good friend of mine throughout the years and one of the things that stuck out to me was this concept of always highest and best use of time. And that's one of the things I always tell my realtors when I sit down with them to meet with them is, hey, you should be doing stuff that's highest and best use of time, and in everything else, delegate it. And there, and for realtors, there's a lot of things that realtors do that aren't high value and that can, frankly, be delegated. How do exactly. you kind of pave a path for what those tasks are rather than just saying... I want an assistant figure this out for me.
1: Because you have to hire for the right fit, right? Exactly. You need to, I mean, first of all, you need to figure out what tasks need to be delegated. Okay. The way to do it is to sit down and write out your whole day on a piece mm-hmm. of paper and write out a whole day, what you're doing, like you wake up and you do this and you divide it two different columns. And you put a check mark on the column where things that must be done by yourself and things that... Can be done by somebody else.
0: Requires you being on the phone versus stuff that doesn't.
1: As a real estate agent, I mean, you essentially should be doing three things: is meeting with clients, working with clients, showing homes, negotiating contracts, and closing deals. That's as a high-functioning real estate agent should be only focusing on three things: not you know doing the transaction stuff, not you know prospecting not creating flyers or some marketing. of or a lot of
0: your marketing frankly because that stuff is repeatable
1: exactly so if you have the right s- s- systems in place the marketing should create the marketing should be just a click of a button mm-hmm. if you have the right systems in place and automation that's how you leverage technology when you actually you know let's say it's the listing comes in you only need to put in the address everything should be else should be self-generated already for you the same goes for the marketing social media marketing that should be automated in essence but again somebody has to man that somebody has to run yeah. that you can never substitute you know talent with technology you gotta have real people doing it okay also prospecting i mean that's how i started with the virtual mm-hmm. assistant i frankly hated prospecting calling all <laughs> seriously yeah. And yeah, I, how-
0: I, re- I remember when I got started years ago, I had a title book and that's what we're calling through the title book to try to get business.
1: Yeah, there we go. You know <laughs> how it is. So for that, I mean, that's the job. This was the first job I actually delegated when I hired a virtual assistant myself to call prospect for expires and for sale by owners and, you know, pre-foreclosures get me appointments because my job was to go meet with the people at their houses. And get them to sign on the dotted line. See, so, the,
0: so this is important because what I hear you saying is I didn't want to have to waste time chasing leads. I wanted to delegate that so that I can only talk to the highest and best opportunities.
1: Exactly. While I'm actually attending appointments, my yep. virtual assistant is scheduling different appointments for me. So I had a very healthy pipeline. Just setting
0: of, you up for the next one.
1: Yeah, exactly. So what yeah. my job was, I mean, I was just, I was driving a lot because I was going from one part <laughs> to another meeting with people, but that was basically what I was doing. And once once the pipeline was built up pretty good, what I did, I hired another person to handle all the MLS stuff, to handle all the input stuff, the transaction side of it. So I only focused on actually going to listing appointments. Right. Then I had a listing coordinator. She was actually responsible for inputting into the MLS, ordering photography, you know, ordering the disclosures and making sure the sign gets installed, uh, making sure that the key box gets installed. All of that was actually handled by my listing coordinator who was See, also so yeah.
0: So you obviously had some level of comfort and trust with the staff that you had performing those tasks for you. So my question is this, what are some common misconceptions or what is one of the most common reservations that someone has about hiring a VA? Because I'll, I'll tell you what, I meet a lot of agents who think that I need to do this myself because only I know how to do it. Or I need to set up this uh, new list, go through this new listing checklist because I, only, I need, only I know how to do it.
1: That's the, that's number one, you said it yourself. That's the people think nobody will do it better than, than yes. People only like to work with me because I'm amazing. Uh, no, you're not married to you. Uh, they love your systems. They love your level of service. They love the standards that you actually set for your company and you're performing on the standards. That's what they love. They love your knowledge. Right. So. If you actually put everything what you have on a s- systems checklist, and somebody else does it for you, your customer would still feel that they're actually being taken care of by you and, and your team. So that's one of those fears probably people have: is nobody can do better than me, and how can I delegate? You know, doing something that I do that I'm so amazing at. Let's say yeah. you are uh, a, f- a phenomenal listing agent, and you you know creating greats you know, write up a good descriptions for properties. Okay, fine. Write up the description or teach somebody who to do it for you. Right. You know, order the photography. So the photographer goes and does it and you can pick the pictures. Okay. But again, all this stuff, the tedious stuff that you have to put into the MLS, you know, number of square foot and all of that, <laughs> that can be done by somebody else. Same thing you're goes with the uh, transactions. Okay. What you're essentially
0: do. working through a checklist or an exactly. SMT, a standard yeah. operating procedure.
1: Yeah. Yeah and what i did when i was let's say negotiating inspection items you know i get on the phone and my virtual assistant was present with me on the third on this second line i'm talking to an agent and we negotiate some inspection items and she's taking notes of that i'm terrible at taking notes (laughs) you know but she's taking notes of that and then what happens is she comes up with the list and we send it for approval and that's it right on so you basically your job is to negotiate negotiate deals or you know inspection items or be your credits, price, commission. That's your job as an agent. Right. Meet with the with the customer, with the client, get them to sign up, develop the relationship with the customer. That's your job. Right. You know, not your assistant's job.
0: Right. So I often hear stories of a project that turned into a total nightmare. Right? An Somebody, app. you know, you needed something done you hired someone on Fiverr or Upwork and it just turned into a total nightmare. And so there's always this hesitation to maybe want to outsource the work again. How do you avoid hiring the wrong candidate or how do you, what questions do you ask to sort of spot red flags and make sure that you're setting up that candidate for success in the role that you're hiring for? You already mentioned a few things. So you mentioned, you know, taking a checklist of the tasks that you don't like to do or the tasks yeah. that don't require your skill set. So that gives you a job description
1: you got to have the very detailed job description of what you're actually looking for. Right. Because a lot of times those projects, I mean, you can hire experienced VA, but a lot of times those projects fail or turn into a total nightmare because people do not, I mean, have different expectations. They don't uh, communicate clearly or they don't specific. I mean, you have something in your head. Nobody knows what's in your head. (laughs) Right. you got to put it on a paper, what's in your head. You put it on a paper, then... You know, make sure that that's actually done by the way you explain.
0: That's like knowing you want help, but not knowing what you want help with,
1: right? Exactly, and that's part of part of your growing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, we have our job description, but now how do we hire for success? Like, how do you? What sorts of questions can you ask a candidate to weed out the bad ones from the good, or how do you well, spot and- red flags?
1: Yeah, they will. They'll probably tell you what you want to hear, so <laughs> because they want to get a job. Good interviewers. <laughs> yeah, of course they. I mean, they're professional interviewers. They've been interviewed. They are doing this thing daily, so they're actually better than you are. Uh, at you know at the BSing. So uh, the best way to do it, if go with a reputable company. You know, Upwork. It's a lot. It's a great platform, but it's a lot of you know freelancers. Upwork yep. is not responsible for their work. They're not right. responsible for the quality of the candidates. It's on you. That's, that's why VirtuDesk actually comes into the help here because what we've created is a company that we do all the heavy lifting for the customer. We go, we interview those people, we find those people, we vet them, we make sure they pass the background check, we make sure they actually, you know, we've verified the references. And this is actually a full-time job.
0: Yeah, you've coached them up into the role, so you've coached yeah. them up to success yeah. in their role. Yeah,
1: and then we put them through training. They go through rigorous training. Sometimes it's a week training, sometimes it's two weeks training, depending on the position they're applying for. So after the training, they have to graduate from that, which means they have to pass the exams. Once they pass the exam, only then they can be actually endorsed to you as a customer. So. Oh, well. So imagine that you go to Upwork, you have to do all everything. All of that yourself. Up. All that vetting yourself. Yeah. When you come to us, we yeah. you vetted candidates that we know have actually been vetted. We know they have gone through a training, and we know we can actually vouch for them. That's what right. happens. So that's kind of we you know remove that heavy burden from the consumer. Right. Uh, however, at the same time, you instead of giving like ten, fifteen, you will be getting on Up Upwork or Fiverr. You're gonna get three or four from us because we've already done the lifting. And you pick from those people who's gonna be matching your company culture, who's gonna be, you know, a good uh fit for the project or for your matches to uh, how you like to work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So okay, maybe you've walked let's walk through this. Maybe I've hired somebody. How do you manage without micromanaging? I mean, is that even possible? Do you do daily check-ins? Should they be weekly? How do you get to the level where you are, where you've gotten so comfortable with your like transaction coordinators and everyone else? It
1: depends. It depends the kind of person you hire, the kind of position you hired for. What I don't like to micromanage like every step of it. However, I like mm-hmm. to be kept in the loop as far as what's going on. And I do adjustments as the day goes by. Okay? Mm-hmm. Again, some people don't have time for that. Some people, some agents say, I don't have time to actually manage somebody. I'm not I don't want to
0: think about it. Get out of
1: my place. Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> then set up, you know, the daily calendar when you do check-ins with your VA, I suggest to do it like in the morning and at the end of the shift, make sure your VA sends you end of day report so you know mm-hmm. what's been happening, what's tra- transpired, and make sure you actually check that, read that, and respond, provide feedback. Your virtual it's a feedback loop for them. Yeah, your virtual assistant needs your feedback, not just once, they need your feedback in order for you to be more successful because what a lot of agents, what I've seen with it, they're doing, they think it's a plug and play model where you basically dump all the stuff on your assistant and everything. No, it doesn't work that way. You need to do collaboration with them. You need to do some sort of check-ins. Even, yeah. with some, even let's say you're a busy agent and you're on the road all the time showing homes or going to listing appointments, call them up when you're driving. This is the, I mean, mm-hmm. when you drive, what else yep, downtime. do you, you do? Yeah, what else <laughs> Don't listen to you know to some jams on the uh, just call up your on this on the uh, put this put them on a the speaker in a car. Call up <laughs> on the monitor, see what's been happening, check in you're, with them.
0: You're describing me. When I go and do grocery store runs, my wife always says, How many people did you talk to today?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I talk to the phone <laughs> as well. That's what I do. That's actually I yeah. You know, I rarely talk on the phone when, like, I'm in the office or right. else. But when I'm driving, that's what I do. <laughs> when I'm actually engaging in conversations with people, different people I, calling me or I calling uh, or I call them, I'll call them. I catch up on the stuff that needs to be done. So that's yeah. And my operations manager, I speak with her old, a lot of times. I speak with her for my car when I drive. That's
0: so funny. I I I might end up be driving and saying, Pavel, I got five minutes before I lose you. Just wanted to check
1: in. What's up? <laughs> yeah, that's it's not, it's not a bad idea because, I mean, you got you to be checking in. When you check in with people, you know, they'll they be like, accountable.
0: And like you said, it's a good feedback loop, and that's how you you know build trust and learn how to work well together. Exactly, yeah. So so what is a good or maybe an ideal tech stack for communicating with your VA look like? I Granted, there's so many different tools oh for right. things like project management, quick instant communication. I mean, how do you sift through all that stuff to find the right solutions?
1: Well, the communications platforms are there are plenty of them. It can be yeah. WhatsApp, Viber, Facebook Messenger, yeah. uh, Instagram Messenger, Skype. Let's <laughs> uh,
0: just go. It's like a CVS. Receipt. It's
1: like, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot. You know? I mean, if you're, let's say, working from office or home office, get like Skype or Zoom. We're using Zoom a lot. And yep. the, the team is actually communicating on Zoom because you can share screens. You can uh, discuss things. You can share yep. files. That's fine. Don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, so
0: work, work around the tools that are maybe good for you already, and you exactly. know, don't worry yeah. about.
1: Yeah, they're less expensive, and like, they you don't have to have, you don't have to have a shiny object. You need to just have basically um, a tool that works and helps you with your what what you need to be done. You know, don't focus yeah. on the tools. Focus on the process. You know.
0: So I remember at one of my startups, it was, uh, we're a fast growing startup. It was a web personalization software called right message. Our CEO would always say, or have us write up an SOP for literally everything that we did. Every single little thing that we did, whether it was a marketing activity, a research activity, content, you know, development, whatever we had to write an SOP ultimately it made Yeah, ultimately, it made onboarding new hires so much easier because we had not only technical documentation for the software, Mm -hmm. but also tutorials for new staff to follow and to learn quickly.
1: Of course. That's what you got to do. And make sure that – and that's what I tell uh, agents to say. Make sure you have SOP for your business because what happens is, let's say, you know, what happens if your assistant quits, gets hit by a bus. yeah. Decides she wants to get
0: her license, whatever. Yeah, that's fine.
1: And, you know, make sure somebody steps in, they know how to handle things, you know, because it's already there. What do you think? Look at Starbucks or McDonald's. They're the same all over the world with little... Differences, but they are the same all over the world. So what does it mean? does it mean that the CEO of Starbucks is going and teaching every employee what how to pour coffee. No, they have SOP, they have a training manual. So new hires come in, it's that they being trained on a training manual and standardized that's already been created for everybody to make it uniform for everybody. That's what makes it, uh, you know, a robust company. Yeah.
0: So so let's set, let's maybe set some expectations here. You obviously take care of a lot of the vetting training and onboarding for the VAs that, that you staff, mm-hmm. if somebody was hiring a, a VA from you know somewhere else, in your experience on average, how long does it really take to onboard and train a VA?
1: About a couple of weeks at least.
0: If you have everything documented and your process is all documented. Yeah. And what are the different roles that realtors typically, it's not a one size fits all for your VAs. What are the different activities you hire out for? Do you guys have different departments?
1: Well, usually, well, besides real, I mean, we have uh, clients who are realtors, uh, Mm -hmm. mortgage people, lawyers, insurance guys, software developers, because we have people hiring to test software or uh, coding schools. So, but majority of them are real estate agents. And what most of what we provide them for is tasks like marketing, do your social media marketing, admin, uh, transaction coordinator executive virtual assistant. We have actually have a very high d- d- demand for executive VAs hiring more and more. And pandemic kind of brought it into this world, I guess, more because everybody's working from home. And, you know, you basically even who used to be your in-house VA, I mean, I'm sorry, who used to be your in-house assistant essentially became your VA because <laughs> he or she is uh, probably, chances are, working from home. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did the pandemic did you see an increase in business when the pandemic started?
1: We did, yeah. <laughs>
0: I yeah. think everyone across the board. Yeah. The question I wanted to ask you is and and I'm losing my train of thought here, but if I'm a realtor who is stuck at 10 million in production every year. I'm not growing, I'm just kind of stagnant. One of the, one of the things that I see a lot of realtors get stuck in, and, and I think I alluded to this before we got on the call, but I go on maybe 40 one-on-one appointments with agents every month. The recurring theme is I need to reach more people, or I need to prospect more because I want to grow my business. But you know, I ask, let's look at your database and let's organize your database and almost no one has database.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's, you're so right on the point, Ricardo, because so, a lot of, and you know where the best database is on your phone, yep. you're okay. Phone, so, that's your golden mine.
0: <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. So think about that. How many of you listening to this episode, when you hear it, how many of you have like over a thousand contacts on your phone, over 3000, over 5,000, I met somebody who had 10,000 contacts in her phone.
1: That's a lot of context, first of all. A lot of context, that's your database. And this is not cold leads. This is not people who, who are gonna hate you for calling them. This is people who actually know you. They don't necessarily love you, but at least they know you. And they're gonna be nice not to hang up on you and call you a jerk if you call them. Right. So think about that, you know? But, but so, okay, so the,
0: good. So there's always this sense of overwhelm though. And I don't know what to do with that data. I don't know how to get it out of there. I don't know wh- where to start with my database. I'm assuming that's something you guys are equipped to handle. That's something I, th- in my opinion, that's something you should outsource almost immediately.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of apps uh, out there. I cannot really remember at the top of my hand, but, head, but I can look them up. But there are a couple of apps that allow you to transport all your database from your phone into the uh, spreadsheet. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, MC so, Backup, yeah, Export to CSV. You got it, you know, you things got it like right that.
1: there. So it's only going to cost you like a couple bucks to do that. And once you transport all your database from your phone into the spreadsheet, have your VA go through it. Have them text those people. Use a platform for texting. Have VA call them up and say, hey, I'm calling on behalf of Ricardo, and he just wanted to check how you're doing. Yep. You know. The pandemic and the real estate market is crazy. We're giving
0: everybody an updated home value. Can I send you one on your property?
1: Exactly. Boom. That's it. You know, or my favorite, my favorite, when I used to sell real estate, my favorite email I was sending out people's quick questions, subject line, you put in the subject line, quick question, and you make your question very quick. Why? And it s- serves two purposes. One, number one, people are going to open it more likely because it says quick.
0: Yep. <laughs> people, don't <like laughs> to read.
1: people don't like to read long stuff. That's okay? really good. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry about it. So. Also, second purpose is because it's a question, you have to frame it as a question. Yep. And what I used to do, so let's say it's 2020 or 2021. Hey, Ricardo, Pavel here with uh, Nexus Realty, just checking on you. And wanted to ask you a quick question if you know anybody who's willing to, who's looking to buy or sell in 2021. 20, That's it. And leave it at that. Don't even go into the, oh, the market is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Just say, do you know anybody <laughs> who's looking to buy or sell? That's it. And you'll be amazed how many responses you're going to get. Number one, people are going to appreciate that you're not wasting their time. Yeah. Number two, it's going to actually make them to think a little bit because you ask them a question, you know. And that's, I mean, out of the question line, I usually beginning of every year, I was generating like five, six listings for January (laughs) only.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And that's database. That's people in your database.
0: That's low-hanging fruit. They're they're already in your database. It's low-hanging fruit exactly so one of the one of the questions i was going to ask you but we've kind of already talked about it is sure. when do you know it's the right time to hire a virtual assistant and honestly is there really ever a right time and so i heard somebody say once you're making over 100,000 hundred thousand a year you should be hiring a virtual assistant because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't require your intellectual capacity to do so you're just going to leverage your business you know that much better if, you had, if you're had, if you a new agent and you just had a phenomenal year, Pavel, what would you do as your next step to leverage yourself for success in 2021?
1: Well, if you're a new agent and uh, you had a very good year 2020, you closed a lot of deals and you need to, as I say, I kind of answered it, sit down and figure out things that you're doing on your own, that not income producing activity. Yep not income-producing activity, not a revenue-generating activity. Have somebody else do it for you. A lot of agents, what they think is, oh, then I have to pay them. I have to take part of my pay and give it to them. Yes, you do. However, imagine the amount of time you're gonna free up that you can actually do something else. Yep. And <clears throat> if, if, if you, let's say you're, you delegate certain tasks to your VA, those tasks you don't have to do yourself. This time you can take this time and fill it with prospecting, income-producing activity. Calling your database, checking in with your database, going on the coffee date with your with your prospective customers. You know, I don't know if they do coffee dates now in 2021, but
0: I don't know what uh, going out for coffee or what a bar is anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't know where are you located, Ricardo.
0: I'm in Orange County,
1: in California.
0: Yep, California.
1: Yeah, well, we're here in Washington State, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, go out for uh, you know meet meet your you know your prospects. So this time yep. you can actually fill with something else that will be yep. actual income generating activity. And besides, you know, if you hire somebody, let's say you have a virtual assistant, it's probably gonna be about ten bucks an hour to, yep. to do. that. I mean your time is not worth bucks an hour it's worth way more than that you know
0: no yeah 100% <clears throat> yeah I I I recognize that on you know a few days ago I was wasting two hours of my time trying to design something myself I got frustrated I went online and hired somebody to get it done in 10 minutes and can <laughs> so yeah. yeah so it's okay to hire and outsource what you're not good at of course
1: you know, and besides think of it uh, the other way as well, the, the pandemic hit people very hard. Some people mm-hmm. you know, don't have what you guys are having. So somebody else ask them a few bucks. They need the job, people willing to work and they need, you're actually doing something good by not only just, you know, for your business, but for somebody else by providing them with the job so they can actually yep. have a decent, uh, you know, decent day and they can, uh, you know, so they can provide for themselves. Exactly. So yeah. thinking of it that way as well, you know.
0: Well, Pavel, I think you distilled a lot of good stuff here. If you're listening to this episode, like I always say, if you want to leverage your business for success, you know find what is the highest and best use of your time. right? Start to write down all of those task lists that you do on a day to day basis. Ask yourself, do I hate doing this? Can I delegate it? Can I outsource it? Can I automate it? Automation is your friend, and then outsourcing is your friend too, because that's going to allow you Think about it. Would you rather be doing menial marketing tasks and going down a checklist or spending time with a past client trying to get more repeat and referral business? If you spend time with a past client and each past client refers one customer, the marketing sort of takes care of itself. Absolutely, absolutely it does. Pavel, thank you so much for taking some time with us.
1: Where can we find you online? Uh, MyVirtudesk.com or you can just Google Virtudesk, V-I-R-T-U-D-E-S-K. And, and you, contact, guys
0: do, yeah. you guys do everything. You help with transaction management. You help oh, yeah. with marketing. Yeah.
1: So, also, also we, are, we have a Facebook community. It's called Leverage. So if you go to the Facebook community, Leverage, you can find us. And we are going to have uh, Leverage Mastermind next Wednesday. So those who are listening, they can join Leverage Mastermind. We're going to have uh, Tom Ferry, Tristan Alomada at that event. And, awesome. Uh, yeah. It's going to be next Wednesday. So you can go to Leverage Community. Find us and register for free. So it's going to be an online event for for free and uh, with Tom Ferry. So he'll be talking about how you can actually leverage your business and how you can you know build build your company with the virtual staff. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ricardo. All right. Bye. All right.